Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bruce Levine, the trade deadline approaches, and it is the first year in Major League Baseball with one and only one trade deadline. And I think it's thrown everybody off in the business a little bit, hasn't it? It has, and uh, I think for a lot of the newer general managers, they they just, I think they don't know how to react, you know, um, because um, unless you have a farm system that's flush with great young talent that you're ready to bring to the major league level, and again, I will underline, you have great young talent, and they're ready to bring to the major league level. Um, then you're you're kind of stuck right now because uh, you're the team you have is the team that you're going to have two months from now. And whether somebody gets hurt or not, you're not fortified at second base with a uh, a guy that can come up and play second or short. You don't have a third catcher in case one of your catchers gets hurt. Um, you're in for big trouble because there's no way that you can make a trade or sign somebody um, unless they're DFA'd mm-hmm. you know, from another team. So you're going to see more of these uh, Holland deals maybe where uh, you know, the Cubs uh, signed uh, Derek Holland yesterday. He was DFA'd by the Giants. They were only a couple days away from having to pay his whole contract. In this case, the Cubs are only going to sign uh, – be on the hook for a small portion but in reality you know he's a left-hander that can get left-handers out Uh, you you better have guys like that uh, in your farm system you better hope that you fortify it over the next four or five days so maybe the trading deadline Matt is going to be about teams uh, making a bunch of little moves to fortify their farm system and have guys that are available to go up and back rather than uh, making these big stealth moves that are going to to find their team for the rest of the year. So there, there's a whole nother angle to it. I was thinking about more of just like the pace of the conversations and when things become real and when they don't, when they become pressurized by the deadline now that you only have one, but you brought up the team building aspect of it and the uncertainty that you have with two months left to go. So you, so you've got multiple levels of things going right. on here. Right. And I think, you know, if you listen to Theo Epstein talk yesterday to the beat reporters, um, about the fact that uh, you know they, uh, you know, they're happy that they're getting they're going to get Ben Zobris back at some point. But the emphasis was on, um, you know, are, are there going to be deals made, and do they have the fortification? And he talked a little bit, and, and you should listen deeply about some of those things he said. The fact that. Um, we feel we have some uh, answers at the minor league level. Yes. Yeah, so, so, you know, if he's talking about the bullpen, yep. then, then, then who's there? Because they've, they've used 16 different guys right. in the bullpen. Rowan Wick is here. 
And that's one of the 16. And you know they're going to give him uh, a, a, maybe a, some high leverage looks and certainly some more looks. Well, well he, he's done great so far for his uh, short time here. But down there is, what, Dakota Mekas? He's not on the 40, man. We heard his name back at the beginning of the year. Would, would they consider actually going down there and grabbing him? James Norwood is there. Are we going to see him again? Carl Edwards Jr. is there. Are we going to see I, I him think again? You're, you're talking more about Edwards and Maples. Dylan Maples and Carl Edwards. Yep. So continuing to cycle through these guys and hope that one of them finds it in a moment that matters, that I they mean, have find you know, the feel again, and the confidence. Again, this is what teams are going to have to do. They're going to have to – they have no choice but to rely on their minor league system. And that's why I say fortification rather than uh, satiation, you know, filling that up right now. Uh, people aren't going to be maybe satiated with – some of the deals that are made, you're going to hear a, a lot of names you might not have heard of before, I think, over the next four or five days for teams. And I think the Cubs, you know, they might, they might add those type of guys, too. I, I don't know if you're going to get that um, setup man from the left side that you wanted. I don't know if you're going to get another starting or another bullpen piece at the back end like a, like a, uh, a green from Detroit, you know. Um, that might not be in the books because of the fact that uh, contracts you might not be able to afford, uh, players you might not have enough to uh, deal the other team where they're happy mm-hmm. what they're getting back. So the Cubs aren't the only team that are, are looking to fortify right now, and I think you're going to see smaller deals where you go, huh, who's that, and why are they doing it? Yeah, the Dodgers are rumored to be going after Felipe Vasquez, the very, Makes very sense. good lefty Makes closer for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And what? the Dodgers have four prospects. Supposedly the Pirates want two of them, two of the biggest four that the Dodgers have. And if you're the Dodgers, you might, as, you might go ahead and do it. Kenley Jansen was bad again last night, very by the way. Very bad. And, and what did he do at the, end of the, at the very end? Uh, he he shelved his uh, cutter yep. and threw fastballs. And, they, and a lot of them were high. He was having trouble right. controlling it. But, wild uh, but pitch, I mean, walks. that's how he eventually got out of it. So you're seeing a guy on life support as far as his stuff goes right there. Mm-hmm. And the Dodgers know they have to go out there and get somebody. And that's why, you know, as we go through these, uh, these names here, you know, Column A uh, from the White Sox for the Dodgers would also be you know, somebody that they're very interested in. Yeah, and the Dodgers have the prospect capital right. to go do something. The Cubs are, are pretty thin in that regard. Let's listen to Jed Hoyer from earlier in the week. Talk about this trade deadline, the awkwardness of this trade deadline, what is true, what is not of the things that you hear along the way. This is Jed Hoyer from McNeil and Parkins on Thursday. The first uh, cut that, uh, that our man Zach Withers will play for us is – Jed talking about the perspective of teams within the division and the National League itself as we look at one deadline here. It's hard to say. Um, I think you talk to people around baseball, and you know, I do it all day long, and I think that um, you know, talking to them every day, people, no one really knows what to expect. You know, It's a weird market, especially in the National League. Um, there's so many teams that are kind of hovering um, in and around contention, in and around 500. Um, and when you're one of those teams – you know, the beauty is kind of in the eye of the beholder. You know, a, a team can, you know, be a few games over 500 or at 500 and feel like they're about to make a run. Uh, or that same team can be unbelievably frustrated with where they are. And I think that um, you might see some teams that are close to contention uh, sell because they don't believe in what they're seeing. And you might see that, that team with the same exact record buy. 
um, because they feel differently. And so I think that's a difficulty of this market is the National League is so jumbled together. I think in the American League, those teams, uh, it's a little bit easier to find who's a clear seller, who's a, a clear buyer. Um, but, I, but I do feel like the um, kind of morass in the middle of the National League is, is, is kind of what uh, confuses everyone and makes everyone kind of unsure what kind of market it's going to be um, next week. There's that Wesleyan education paying off with morass being used right there yeah. at the end of the cut. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of teams not knowing exactly where they are. The Giants were thought to be sellers big time. Then they go on this crazy run. They went again last night on extra innings. It's crazy. Yeah, but, it, but they might still be sellers. The Diamondbacks trying to figure it out. They're probably smart enough to know that they should be sellers. They might be. Um, I mean, the, both teams have uh, guys that the Chicago Cubs could use. So we're going to go over that list here uh, as we continue on uh, and we listen to uh, Jed Hoyer continue on about uh, the trading deadline and uh, where where they're going at this point. Yeah, this is this is Jed talking about the rumors that you hear and why you should not believe things. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd say I'd say two things. Number one, um, we're the Cubs, and so I think if you're any kind of big market, um, that that uh, well, teams will always use um, the big market teams to sort of get names out. So we get connected to a lot of a lot of names because. Um, other teams want to read, you know, want, want to end up on trade rumors and, and want to make sure other teams know, you know, this guy might move or these, these other teams are connected to this player. So I do think big market teams will get linked to, to an inordinate number of players. Um, so that's number one. And number two is um, it's, it's mostly clickbait this time of year. There, there's some legitimate rumors at, at times, you know, but I feel like for the most part, um, when teams really want to make a deal, and really want something to, to come together. They usually don't talk about it. And so um, for the most part, I think that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of bad rumors. I think that um, I try not to follow that stuff that much this time of year because I feel like so much is inaccurate and so much is um, kind of like the NFL draft where the, the stuff that's being put out is mostly propaganda. Hmm. Um, and so I just think that's just, it's worth keeping in mind. Like, okay, this team is, is linking – uh, a big market team to this player, like what's really behind that link? What are they really trying to accomplish? And you know, a lot of times it's um, it's born of uh, of misinformation or, or or trying to get a reaction out of a different team. So uh, I try to ignore it. And I think for the most part, um, if I was saying to Cubs fans, like we'll be active, um, you know, we'll be trying to improve our team. But you know, believing uh, rumors about what we might give up for a certain player, or believing rumors about who we might be interested in. It's, it's almost always inaccurate. Well, that's no fun, Jed. This hour of the score being brought to you by Team Hockberg. Visit their new website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. I think he's only talking about me and uh, <laughs> the, the, the things I put out there. Yeah, well. It's, it's mostly inaccurate. Sure, yeah. Uh, well, and and we, don't, we try not to look at it, but, you know, they follow Twitter like anyone else. They really do. Yeah, yeah they Jed, do. Jed Hoyer, his, his Twitter account is not super active, but, no. uh, but he's out there. I, I think, it, you know... <laughs> Every every general manager now uh, looks at Twitter, and he, he he's also looking for, as he points out, very astutely, that um, other teams float things out there for sure, just so that they have uh, the idea that they know the other twenty nine are watching it, and even if they haven't had a conversation with them lately, you know they're trying to get their attention, especially with five days left before the trading deadline uh, at four o'clock. 
Eastern time, 3 o'clock our time next Wednesday. So there's, you know, everybody's talking to everybody. I love Brian Cashman's quote yesterday. I'm in active conversations with every team except the Boston Red Sox. That's <laughs> what Brian Cashman of the Yankees had to say yesterday. So, so 28. Yeah. Uh, here's one more from Jed Hoyer um, about whether something is imminent uh, with the Cubs in terms of other deals. We're working hard on stuff, but um, to say something is imminent, I'd be uh, would not be accurate. But you know, listen, I, I say this every year. You know, it, it takes a deadline to get things done. Uh, occasionally, you can get deals done early. You know, we're really happy to you know to be able to to get Martin Maldonado. So that was an early deal. You know, we still look at Craig Kimbrell is almost certainly the biggest deadline deal we're gonna we're gonna make. It just happened to be a little bit earlier, but yeah, it, it takes a deadline to get things done. People wait. Some of these teams are waiting to see how they play over the weekend. That's sort of how razor razor thin it is. So um, we're not close on anything, but we're certainly on the phones a lot trying to make things happen. The, the Giants, Bruce, had four left-handed relievers um, that might have been worthy of consideration. Will Smith, we've talked about a lot. Tony Watson. Drew Pomerantz has been a starter most of his career. He's been a reliever of late. You saw him throw three and a third scoreless against the Cubs. And then Derek Holland, who they designated for assignment. Holland was certainly the cheapest. He comes for cash. It's a cash-for-cash cash deal. And then we saw the trade details. You mentioned them earlier. The Cubs are going to pay $425,000 of the salary. That's it. Giants will cover the, the rest of the salary prorated. They will also, the Giants, pay the buyout of 500000 should the Cubs decline Holland's option next year of 6.5 mil. This is seriously doing it on the cheap among the options with the Giants and just about everybody else. The good news for the Cubs is that Holland, since he's been in the bullpen in May, has been absolutely deadly against lefties. So he will now be your lefty one-out guy uh, to come in and face one left-handed batter, probably. Yeah, 182 is the batting average uh, again, with left-handers. I think the uh, OPS is uh, very low as well. Yep, OBP's well under three. Yeah, so, so that's, that's really good news. If you can contain them and you can hold them to, uh, you know, just lefties because righties kill them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't want him facing righties. Right, right. You don't want him facing any righties. But so it's weird because at the beginning of the year, you're like, okay, I guess Mike Montgomery is the long lefty mm -hmm. and uh, they'll give this Kyle Ryan a shot to be your loogie. And now Kyle Ryan suddenly is the long lefty, the trusted lefty. He's the only one you had last night. Right. And Holland might be here to be your lefty one-out guy. Do you think they'll try and get another left-hander? Oh, you think absolutely. they want three? Without question. Uh, they, they will try very hard because you're losing games at the end. Yesterday's game was a game that uh, you know we talked about earlier. He had to use Ryan in the uh, sixth inning to match up against Moustakas and against Yelich. That means uh, it was up to the right-handers to get those guys out later. They didn't do it. You know, Yelich drives in, you know, one of the big runs, you know, to, to get them going there. And then, mm -hmm. then the big hit, uh, you know, by... Ga Gamel. Gamel. Ben Gamel. Left-hander, line drive off a of strobe. So, again, normally you'll say, well, you guys are off because uh, it doesn't matter lefty or righty if... if uh, Strope is doing his job. That's true, but he's not. So the option is not there for Joe uh, right now at the end of the game. The option would have been to stay with Kinsler to try and finish the inning, but I think his pitches were up to like 26 by then, and he had hit a guy uh, and, and, and walked you know, a guy. You know, again, you know, uh, whether you have a, a setup man, you know, left-hander or not, if, if Strope's not effective, if Kinsler's being used earlier, uh, you're going to lose games at the end. 
Uh, I think that was a six-blown save for Stroke. So, uh, you know, the, those games, you turn some of those games around, let's just say half of them, mm-hmm. and the Cubs are, are two or three games ahead in their division. Yeah, you look at blown saves on the season. Oh, right? yeah. It's significant. It's like over, I think it's 20. Yeah, for the Cubs overall, the blown save count is 18. Mm-hmm. Um, the leader is the Mets with 21 with Diaz. But anyway, it, 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 the, the Cubs with 18, the Brewers have 13 blown saves. The St. Louis Cardinals, the first place St. Louis Cardinals, have nine blown saves. The yeah. Cardinals getting hot at a very opportune time. Paul Goldschmidt, a three-run homer, to give them the lead and eventually the win last night. So the point is that, uh, yeah, they have Kimbrell, and he's coming along. He's starting to look really like Kimbrell getting his breaking ball over in the fastball. When it's there, he's going to be dominant. But mm-hmm. if you don't get to the ninth inning, there's a lot of blown saves before the ninth inning, and that's what the – that's that's what the Chicago Cubs are incurring right now. Absolutely. There's a lot that went on during last night's game that affected how things went by the time you got to late innings. We discussed some of them. We can discuss more of them. People are texting in with them, like wondering why Kyle Hendricks was done after five. That kind of thing. We'll talk yeah. about that. Yeah. And we'll talk about Pedro Strope's issues as well. 312-644-6767. We'll give you a list of... Uh, teams that are looking at the Chicago Cubs, what the Chicago Cubs are looking at, White Sox as well. Hmm. Again, 312-644-6767, text at 670 It's Inside the Clubhouse with him, Bruce Levine, and me, Matt Spiegel. Keep it here on The Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse right here on 670. The score, the trade deadline approaches 3 o'clock our time central on Wednesday, the 31st of July. Bruce Levine has a, a list for us of teams the Cubs are talking to uh, and or targeting players on. And I think a, a list that maybe the White Sox are in conversation with as well, right? But it's fake news according to some general managers. Yeah, I know. Well, Jed Hoyer is not a fan. Tension, tension, please. Get your pencils <laughs> and scorecards ready. Uh-huh. I will give you the proper lineup here. So uh, Chicago Cubs trade partners. Let's start with the Toronto Blue Jays. Eric Sogard is somebody that uh, I, I came up with about uh, four weeks ago. It's been uh, off and on as far as the rumors on that. I don't know for sure if that's uh, what they're going to get. I know there's been conversations. He's a 370 on base guy, plays second base. Uh, he'd mm-hmm. be a nice little addition to uh, an option for Joe at the top of the order. Yeah, uh, he's, you know, I, I, I'm not, it doesn't really excite you too much, but, you know, and now the fact that they've got Zobris probably coming back September 1 makes me think that they're going to prioritize bullpen over bat, but we'll see. Do they have enough for Ken Giles now that the right-handed part of the bullpen is uh, not showing up or has been worn out? Uh, Giles is uh, somebody that uh, is available, mm-hmm. has closer experience, can't set up. So that's another name out there. I have not heard them attached to Giles. However, I have heard them attached to Sogard. Let's move to Detroit. Shane Green, their closer. Nick Castellanos. Could the Cubs uh, make a deal for both? Uh, Castellanos, we know the right-handed pop is needed because the Cubs 
are hitting under a 235 against left-handers. You know, does he fit in the right field defensively? Uh, he's not very good. He's a minus uh, four player out there defensively. That's right. not good. Uh, but is that the right-handed uh, pop that they need? Green is the the right-hander who might help you set up, again, a right-hander. Yeah, it's interesting because Hap comes up, and he used to be thought of as a lefty that can kill righties. Now they believe in him more as a righty going against lefties, and he got a start in left field last night against Gio Gonzalez. You know, pick your poison, right? <laughs> right now. Right. Kansas City uh, has bullpen offer. Ian Kennedy is their closer. Unfortunately, his contract makes him almost impossible to trade. Five million left this year, sixteen million left next year on Ian Kennedy, who is their closer. A more realistic piece is Jake Diekman, a left-handed pitcher high 90s. out of the bullpen. Uh, strike high strikeout volume, high walk volume. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what you're looking at there. San Francisco Giants still have a Smith and Watson, as you mentioned, Matt. Uh, because they're in contention, they're only a game or so behind the second wild card. Only a couple games behind the first wild card. Will they trade Will Smith and Tony Watson? Watson has not been good against uh, left-handers. Batting average over 300 this year. So uh, he's, a, he's a veteran. You can get him, but uh, is that what you want? Smith is the guy. They're closer. You know, do you have enough to get him from the Giants? Are they going to move? Is ownership going to allow them to trade pieces because of the fact that uh, for so long, the Giants had sellouts for seven years in a row. Uh, they've hit some bad times there. Uh, will the ownership uh, intervene and say, you know what, uh, keep your guys. We're in contention right now. We're, we're creating a stir. We're bringing our players back. As they fight for a second wild card yeah. spot to play a better team on the road in a coin flip game. It's a crazy world. An interesting name out of Arizona, Gerard Dyson. Hmm. Okay, Speed and defense. Speed, defense. He's got about a 340, 335 on base percentage right now. Uh, you know, would he be the guy at the top of the order that Joe could use? Uh, he's had a pretty good year. You know, he's, he's played very well for Arizona right now. Yeah, I, I, I just, they have such little financial flexibility. Right. I, I can't imagine they're going to be able to get bat and arm, but, uh, but keep you, rolling here. You going to win? You want to win? If you want to win, you need, you need a righty bullpen arm and a lefty bullpen arm and a top-of-the-order bat. But you've needed both those things for several months. Baltimore anyway. has Jonathan VR, a former brewer. You know, uh, is that the guy that you want? Uh, 316 on base percentage, 12 home runs, plays second and short. Uh, is he your answer at second base? Is he a leadoff man answer? Uh, the, you know, the rumors last week about... Uh, Charlie Blackman being available, $73 million, $73 million commitment through 2022, age 33, age 33. He'll be playing at 34 next year in the summer. And then Yates, uh, the Padres uh, closer, a left-hander, no, not a a left-hander, but a guy that gets people out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly, uh, is he going to be available? Uh, These are some of the options for the Chicago Cubs before we go to break. Um, why has Alex Colomay not pitched? He's pitched twice since the All-Star break. Hasn't pitched in a week keep since him, the 20th. Keep him physically intact until Wednesday at 3 p.m.? Uh, I'm told uh, without question he is healthy, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's not it. The White Sox have been blowing out a lot, and they played in other blowout games. He's only pitched twice, again, the 17th and the 20th, since the All-Star game, Okay. 
today is the 28th, 27th. Today's the 27th. No, the 28th. So, uh, but again, nothing wrong with column A. White Sox, uh, pretty firm. Uh, they have to be blown away for column A. Otherwise, with contract control for him next year, uh, they're going to bring him back. Yeah, it's if they think of themselves as a contender. It's, right. um, you know, the Cubs are in an awkward spot where they're not as good as the Dodgers or the Astros or maybe the Braves or, or the Yankees, and they also don't have a farm system as good as any of those teams to go and trade for the pieces that they need. When we come back, Brian Butterfield, uh, your Chicago Cubs, a third base, third base coach, will talk to us a little bit about Base running, about infield play, and about signs. The, the bottom of the hour is brought to you by Lakeside Bank. Shopping for a mortgage and maybe trusting hundreds of thousands of dollars to an online firm? Really? Use Lakeside Bank. Your own Lakeside mortgage banker will be with you every step of the way. When it comes to a mortgage, personal is best. Lakeside Bank, it's about time. Keep it right here on The Score. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse right here on 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel. He is Bruce Levine, and it's rare that we get a chance to talk to a third-base coach. Bruce? Uh, Not only a third-base coach, but one of the best in the game, Brian Butterfield of the Chicago Cubs. Nice enough to pick up the phone and join us on Inside the Clubhouse this morning. Good morning, Brian. Morning, fellas. Butter, um, you know, obviously, you know, there's always a lot of questions about your expertise, which is uh, certainly – the base running and infield play. Yeah, I undersold him as a third base coach. Yes, infield, you did. infield defense, base running, a yeah, whole bunch of stuff, and and just a positive influence all the way around. Brian, when you uh, when we look at uh, you know the, some of the things that Addison Russell had gone through, and the kind of the kind of the glitches that he has, a lot of people reflect back on the third base coach or the infield coach, but uh, you know things like with Addison, uh, obviously. You know, he needed to go back and, and do a refresh. Uh, t- talk to us a little bit about where he was at and what he has to accomplish when he goes back down. Well, first and foremost, Bruce, I think that Addison, uh, with the position switch, uh, came into camp and uh, uh, he played very well defensively for us at second base. I was really pleased with the adjustments that he made. Uh, he's a tremendous athlete. Uh, he caught the ball. He was able to make the double play pivot. He was able to start the double play well. Uh, he's got lightning quick short area explosion to get to, to balls and take away hits. Uh, but it, as you said, uh, the mental part of the game is so important for all these guys. And it's not just Addison. It's uh, everybody uh, on every team in this great league that we're blessed to be in. And, uh, you know, he's gone through uh, some things in his life. Uh, and and we're just trying to uh, make some corrections, and he's going to go down there with Marty Peavy and a great coaching staff uh, in AAA, and he's going to work on the basics uh, that guys learn when they when they first start playing pro ball, and that's you know concentration and focus uh, and effort, and and we expect that uh, uh, a short course with him having some success in AAA will uh, get him back to where he needs to be mentally and help us. Uh, go where we want to go for a lot of people it's shocking when a guy who is an all-star shortstop and part of a world championship team to uh have gone through you know what we know off the field certainly but just the the concentration factor and uh the fact that uh you know it's it's just not that easy to to you know snap your fingers and say okay i'm back i'm gonna do it as you pointed out very astutely at the at the beginning there was a position change so he had a wrap his head around uh, not being the starting shortstop at the Chicago Cubs from the very beginning. 
you, you know, it's it's amazing. You know, it, baseball is a slow game because there's so much downtime in between pitches, and, and you know that's why games last as long as they do. But once that ball is put in play, uh, you have to have rehearsed everything in your mind, the possibilities. You have to anticipate where the ball is going to go. You have to anticipate the situation as a base runner, when to be assertive and not as assertive. Uh, so, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about going forward and putting pressure on people, but there's also a lot of talk about when we're trailing four or five runs, that's the time to slow down. We'll go station to station. Uh, when we're leading by a big score, you know, make sure you get one out and slow the game down. Don't get greedy, uh, but a bit get outs and don't give them extra outs, uh, and that will – get us in the clubhouse as as a winner so there's so much that goes on and it's so fast that uh, sometimes these guys uh, lose their way a little bit and i know i do i've, I've got attention deficit d- disorder deluxe so uh yeah, i think working on the mental aspects and staying with it for three hours four hours is something that you have to practice on a daily basis you know it's not just practicing the daily skills of catching a ball throwing and hitting it's really working on being detailed in your mind on every situation, anticipating and doing the right thing. You've worked for a lot of great teams and organizations from the Yankees to Arizona with Buck Showalter to the Red Sox with John Farrell for a long time. And now here, have you seen a 25-year-old player be humbled like this and then focus better? Have you seen them get, get you know mentally pushed around and maybe sent down and, and, and get better, improve on this level? Yes, I have, and that's a great question. And the guy that I think of all the time uh, was here with the Cubs, uh, and that's Eric Kinski. And, uh, and I'm bad on the dates. Uh, whatever year, early 2000s, he was rookie American League Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eric uh, is a tremendous person uh, and a tremendous talent, and he had a good career. Uh, but he came back to camp after winning Rookie of the Year like some guys do when they think that the, the big leagues uh, – how do I put it? I don't want to uh, make him put shed him in a bad light, but maybe he didn't work as hard and he didn't care uh, for the rest of the league because it's a great league and they make adjustments off of players, uh, especially young players that have had success. They they go right to the video and they go right to the books. Uh, they study that guy and try to find out its weaknesses. So uh, Eric had a very humbling experience. Uh, after being Rookie of the Year, where he struggled as a frontline player in Toronto uh, for years after. And I think that hit, humbled Eric enough where uh, he became a great teammate and a really valuable piece uh, to a lot of teams around the around baseball. Uh, and they required his services, and he uh, ended up going to, uh, I believe, four World Series. Yeah, that's, a, that's quite, a, quite a turnaround. Brian uh, Butterfield, the Chicago Cubs, their third base coach, joining us in Inside the Clubhouse. He's Matt. I'm Bruce. We're here for you every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball on the score. Brian, uh, I'm not going to ask you about your team. That wouldn't be fair. But how often do major league uh, hitters or guys on bases, how often is it that you think they miss signs? And, and again, we're not asking you about the Cubs. In general, is it, is it common to miss signs, and uh, is it something that you have to continually go over with guys? It is. It is. We try to spend each, you know, uh, every home stand uh, reviewing signs. And, and, the, and to answer your question, I think when I first became a coach in the leagues, 
uh, I was so worried about the other team getting my signs that my signs were too complicated. And uh, we're trying to make the game as simple as possible because it's a very difficult game. So we've tried to eliminate as many signs as possible. And uh, we've tried to make it as easy as possible. So uh, I think that there aren't as many signs missed nowadays uh, because they are so simplified. Uh, and, and now I've gotten to a point in my career where I tell them during spring training, look, I just want you guys to get the signs. So we've eliminated a couple things, uh, and this is the way we're going to do it, and focus on just a couple of these things, and you'll never miss a sign. So I think for the most part, uh, we've been pretty good as a team uh, this year at getting signs. Uh, but in the past, when I first heard base, I could tell you there, there were a miss signs, and that was due to the – base coach out thinking himself, thinking that the rest of the league is going to get a sign. And his own team couldn't get a sign. How often so that was a learning experience. How often do they change these days, Brian, in that regard? you know, I mean, people using cameras and, and Apple watches and, and whatever else. How often do you have to change them? Uh, well, uh, not as frequently as you would think. And, and that, uh, there's a simple... Uh, adjustment to make if you do have to change your signs usually you have an indicator and basically if somebody's got them uh then uh it's very easy just to change your indicator so um we have had to do that in the past at different organizations that i've been with but uh it's been a fairly simple adjustment where the players haven't had to think too much brian when you when it comes to fielding how much of it is just helping the guys reboot and concentrate as you go through the long season 200 games including the spring training uh when, when you how, how do you get their attention just to to concentrate and do the simple simply as uh, joe always puts it it's such a confidence game you know you, you hear the players going through a season and go to a little bit of a hitting slump and they try to make adjustments and get out of that slump and the same thing that can happen with that glove in your hand. Uh, if, if you miss a couple or you end up throwing a ball away, sometimes that can uh, play some games in a young man's head. So uh, I think it's our job as coaches, whether it's hitting coach, pitching coach, is to try to stay upbeat. We're not in the position to ever panic when a guy is struggling or the team is struggling. We're in a position to uplift these guys. They're playing in front of a bunch of people every night, and it's such a demanding game, and it's such a game of failure that we have to stay on the on the positive side. Uh, and you know what? It's a fairly easy thing for us to do and uh, because we've been belief in athletes. And, and we have a lot of belief in these players that we currently have. And uh, we know that they're going to go through some down times, whether it's offensively or defensively. You try to talk to them, uh, talk to them at the right time, uh, and make some adjustments, and, uh, and then you go full throttle. You ever seen somebody with the baseball instincts and base running instincts like Javier Baez does? I mean, you've coached a lot of great players, but there's something very special about his awareness and his bravery slash aggressiveness, isn't there? You know, I hate heaping too much praise on him, but uh, I've never seen a base runner like Javier. Um, and the One of the conversations that he and I have from time to time is, uh, again, and it, it, but it, just a couple minutes ago, there's times where he doesn't have to be as assertive, uh, depending on the on the situation. So uh, we let him go. So he's uh, 
He's on his own to steal bases. He's uh, got great eyes to see the ball. All the great runners have ever been around. Uh, hardly ever used me. Uh, great base runners that I've ever seen never used the third base coach going first to third. Now, the, the one time that we want him to definitely use uh, old number 55 is when you're going <laughs> second to home because we don't want you turning your head back around. Uh, you've got to stay straight ahead. Uh, but going first to third, he's uh, tremendous. He's assertive. Uh, he's fearless. Uh, you know, a lot of the base running, the good base runners, have no fear. Uh, and the ones that struggle a little bit have that fear of running into an out, and they don't want to be embarrassed running into an out. And, again, this is where the coaching comes in, where we try to uh, get them to move forward. Don't worry about a play that happened. Flush it. Uh, move forward and stay assertive. Brian, Matt, and I appreciate your time. Thanks for picking up the phone. Good luck to you guys out of the ballpark. It's a tough, uh, tough group of uh, games coming up here between the Brewers and the Cardinals, and uh, we'll see you out at the ballpark. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Brian. Thank for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Brian Butterfield of your Chicago Cubs, the third base coach. We have uh, him to thank, as well as Mark Grezelanek, AAA manager for the White Sox affiliate in Charlotte. Uh, also, uh, Zach Withers for a job well done. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also, writing Cubs and Sox on the website every day at 670 The Score. Matt, uh, you have a big show tomorrow morning as well. Uh, it's true. Hit and run coming up tomorrow right here on The Score from 9 until 12. Uh, Matt Trueblood, Matthew Trueblood from Baseball Perspectives, will be with me in studio for the 10 o'clock hour. Bruce, between now and the deadline, nothing but truth. From you. I okay, want. I'm, I'm going to try not to make it up. But, okay. Uh, you, you and Rosie can talk a little bit more about it as you continue on. Yeah, none of that annoying clickbait that, uh, that Jed Hoyer doesn't like. It is 670 the score. <laughs> Steve Rosenblum is next. I'll be sitting with him. Keep it right here on the score all day. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.